everybody, we are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than The Title. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside The Box Digital. And I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the Chadio, CEO of Outside The Box Digital, a.k.a. Pastel Chatty. How are you AKA doing, baby? AKA your favorite CEO's CEO. There, there you go. See, he's ready to party. You already like know. It. And you know the motto. And you know the motto. If it ain't bright, it ain't right. I got on my rose gold headphones today. You know what I'm saying? Got like, some color to it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let them know. You ready to party. I'm ready, baby. So, ready. so hold on. I, you know, the reason I switched up is because that episode we had last week was, was so fire. Yes. It smoked the headphones out. Oh, man. Thank God. <laughs> To, be, to, give you context, to give you context on last week's episode, oh, on the man. live stream, King mm. Richard, Venus and Serena Williams' father came on the show and to Crazy. give us a shout out. Amazing. Crazy. Crazy. Never so had it cool. happen. So Never. thank you to everybody who supported. Thank yep. you, uh, King Richard, Mr. Williams. Thank you yep. so much. Mr. Uh, Williams, you don't know him like that. I, I, I call him King Richard. You call him King Richard. <laughs> Come on, baby. If you hear this, cut this out. Oh, I don't <laughs> but everybody, thank you again for showing in for another More Than Title episode. So yep. before we begin, shout out to our sponsors, the Live Podcast Network. Their new app, 2.0 version, has just been released. So if you want more great content like ours, you please download the app, support. Shout out to Angel and the entire team. And shout out to every listener and supporter. We grow with you guys. But let's get wait, into... Wait, 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 wait. You well, missed it. You, you was on point last week and you missed it already. Exclusive. Exclusive. They, I, come on. I thought you was ready to part. Baby. Exclusive part. Brought, brought to you exclusively by the Alive Podcast Network. You can't forget that word, man. It's a big word. Yeah. But, <laughs> but let's get into it, everybody. Let's go. Thank you again for the love, everybody. But yep. we got a great guest today. Like, I was excited about this. This I'm excited about all of them. But this one right here. So let's introduce, like, so... This young lady is the CEO of the James Agency, which is a strategic insights-led marketing agency in Scottsdale. She launched TJA in 2005 and since grown from a one-woman shop into an award-winning integrated agency that specializes in advertising, public relations, and digital marketing. The James Agency also implemented its updated business model called the Stratagem in 2023, and it's basically the entirety of the agency offering. So through this thorough discovery process, intentional exercises built around the business future, and insatiable consultative intelligence and more. So I want to introduce our special guest, Veronique James. How are you? Yeah. Thanks for the First of all, first of all, listen. Ne next time, next time, V. Next time, V. We gotta use shorter words. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> hell? We got you. I'm squinching. I'm like, what the hell? Is <laughs> listen. I, you know, eight, syllab Molly, eight syllables the most. Things sound pretty, right? Yeah. Thanks to my girl Molly. Yeah, for yeah. <laughs> Well done, Jarrett. Yeah, no. Thank um, thanks for oh, having me, guys. It's super yeah. fun. Love, love your energy, both of you. It's really yeah. cool to see collaboration and creativity happening between you. You know, it reminds me of how we started, right? Is some bright, big minds in a room coming together with a vision and you know making shit happen and getting people to fall in love with your brand and and cultivating a community around that is a really magical thing. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. Oh man, that was key, so lovely, V. That key, was lovely, V. Oh my yeah, goodness. Keyword community. That we're going to touch on that because, you know, key word is she, she said community. And, that, and that's dope that she started off that way. Absolutely. But I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell all the listeners. I'm going I'm to lay yeah. it up for the listeners, right? So I reached out. Molly reached out. We're connected on LinkedIn, right? She said, I have a great guest for you, right? And she said, very neat. She's, she's a great, uh, she's the CEO of this company. They built from a multi-million dollar agency. And she did it from her couch. And I'm sitting on my couch trying to build a multi-million dollar agency. And so I said, oh, at the 15th is good. Whenever they should <laughs> And so we both did. And I was just excited. So if you want to start there, Veronique, I would love to know the early days. Start but wait, wait, wait. Before happened. 
before we go too crazy, what kind of couch you got, Veronique? Because maybe you on the wrong couch, Jared. We should, I don't know. We might just, like, Flanagan. Flanagan. Ashley Stewart. If you got the Ashley Stewart couch or something. I need to know what couch it is because I might have to order that tomorrow or something. I must must have the Renaissance. All right. Got to bring it back. That's definitely part of the story. Let's call yeah. it the hustle couch, right? The hustle okay. couch for now. So, so here's here's the story. Born and raised in California, went to University of Arizona for a graphic design degree. Actually, started in architecture, ended up in a viscom degree, which is like a business graphic design degree. Uh, found myself in Phoenix shortly after graduation because uh, I had some extended family here, and it was an easy place to live, right? Phoenix at low cost uh, compared to California, um, and you know, I was really, really privileged. I came out of college with a dad who made sure that I was debt free. But he did say when you're graduated, you're done, right? So you're on your own. So it was important Mm -hmm. for me on my last year of school to find a job before I graduated. And while all my friends went off to do the European, you know, um, partying and all the things that post grads do, right, I hit the pavement really hard. And I started Mm -hmm. working in a small agency right out of school, small being seven people maximum. I learned a lot as a junior designer, kind of got thrown into the deep end pretty early on and learned a lot about business and dealing with clients are crazy sometimes, right? It's hard because they've got these unpredictable expectations and there's some things there. So learned a lot. Uh, It was a female led agency, which was also super cool to see a woman, you know, really trailblazing that and setting a mentorship for me. Shortly after after that, uh, I fell in love um, and right after that, I realized I probably should not have gotten married so early out of school. But sure enough, I did get married. Uh, And same time around then after I got married, I was working at a large agency, uh, which now looking back in context, I call that agency a large agency. But today we are larger in scale and revenue and clients than what that is. So it's funny how you, you know, in perspective, but uh, it was a large agency, they did uh, a lot of corporate large, um, large hotels, like uh, big brands that you would recognize. And I made my way kind of up the corporate ladder. Um, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in your path, right? Is work hard, you put in the time, um, loved, loved, loved the craft, loved the clients, big budgets traveling, you know, all over to work on these hotel clients, fell in love with hospitality in general and the art of connecting brands to guests. Uh, did not love the corporate, you know, Structure. sterile environment and, Theocracy. you know, yeah. And there's yeah, some hierarchies yeah. there and politics and, yeah. you know, it didn't seem like anybody was having any fun. No one really liked each other. They were clocking in and clocking out. And, um, and around the same time that um, I was kind of realizing that this just wasn't for me. Right. I kept saying to myself, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. I didn't go to school for business. I had no idea what it meant to do something different. I just knew something wasn't aligning for me. Um, Around that time, I found out that my husband of just the year was leveraging my perfect, pretty debt-free credit score to pay off his own debt. Now you gotta remember this is well over 20 years ago. So there wasn't all the fun automatic notifications that we have now at our fingertips, right? But he was utilizing the community opportunity of our shared finances to pay off his student loans and, and, um, Wait, wait, I just want, hold on, hold on. I just want you to know some things you just can't power through. We gonna stop you because we gotta address some, we gotta address some things. So before you said, um, 
when you got married, you said, you know, in hindsight, you look back and said, maybe you, you shouldn't have gotten married so early. Was that one of the reasons that you feel that way? Because, you know, you feel like your husband wasn't in it um, for you as far as like loving you and being in a relationship yeah. with you as a financial standpoint? You start seeing some of that writing on the wall, right? And yeah. how how the, how the heck do you know yourself at 23 years old? Exactly. Really? I mean, so, so that's the, you, yeah, right, right. You yeah. think you know everything, right? As a young business person or, you know, in life and I'm still learning today 20 plus years later about myself and, you know, all the life decisions of adulting, right? So, um, but you know, you start seeing some things and there were some weird kind of fishy stuff happening. And so one day I stayed home from work because I was sick. I wasn't feeling good. And I get a knock on the door. And sure enough, it's a trustee um, a courthouse serving us papers to foreclose on our home. Wow. So he had been taking, you know, our shared finances. And I was a bit naive. And I, you wow. know, um, and, and he was using he wasn't paying our mortgage, he was paying off his debt, he was using my credit score to open uh, and my social to open credit cards. And um, you know, and it was at that moment that I went down this really dark rabbit hole of recognizing what started to happen. And within less 24 hours, I had moved out um, and learned shortly thereafter that there was over a quarter million dollars of liability wow. uh, that he had racked up over uh, in time in my name. Right. And so um, wow. no time like the present when Disgusting. your life is just like, <sighs> right. Uh, I decided to quit my job. I said, mm. you know what? Like nothing's bad. And, and if you, if you will know me when I'm provided failing data, I turn shit around Pardon the cross statement there, but I don't like right. to fail. I don't like the yeah. feeling of people taking advantage of me. So, yeah. um, so I moved out and filed for divorce. Uh, and my parents, I, you know, I love my parents, but they said, this is the bed of which you have made. You will navigate this. You know, this is a responsible decision that you need. And so there was, um, Wow. a lack of support, you know, financially. And, and so nothing, nothing drives hustle like desperation of cash, right? When you're trying yeah. to yeah. start over your life. And um, I promise I'll get to the couch, the point of the couch here in a second. But no, okay. when you start over in your life. Time. Yeah. So you know, I, I resigned and I put in my three weeks of notice and the best compliment I got on my last day, we were at um, a client event on my last day of, of full-time employment and my my boss came up to me and he said i'm really proud of you and one day you're going to rule the world and for mm. your employer to say that on your last day of work i was like yes it's a really genuine you know wait a minute though wait a minute though Doesn't i happen. mean again we can't let you just speed by that right okay okay because marriage is is is, is a big deal even though some people don't look at it as that uh, it is a union that's supposed to be a spiritual union, right? That's what it's based off of, right? Spirituality, right? So you got married. You made this big decision at such a young age, right? Now, when things went left, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The, if, if I was in debt, if I was in debt and somebody had did that to me, the very first idea in my head would not be to quit my job. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to lie to you. I swear like, I thought the I, same thing. I, I, I'm going to be like, yo, can I get some overtime? You know, I'm going to work right. a double today. And yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm going to try to double down on the security of, you know, at least having a, a, a stable job, whatever the income level is, so that I could start planning on trying to dig yeah. myself out. What was the thought process that you had that said, quit like what did i'm curious yeah. how did you co correlate your relationship to your job and be like i don't want none of this shit no more <laughs> you know well I, you like, know there 
you talk about spirituality and right. some of the emotional, you know, yeah. the emotives yeah. that go behind that. I think that there was a level of toxicity and grind that came from me working in that agency. Mm. And then there was a level of toxicity and grind of being in this marriage. And for me, a clean slate was pretty crucial in order for me to move forward. And so there was an emotional tie. And then, okay, so there's that side, there's the emotional side, and then there's the physical component of capacity. And I knew, you know, um, I knew what it cost to get divorced. I knew what it cost to start over. And I also knew what I was getting paid per paycheck. And so there's a, there's a finite number here, or there's an unlimited number over here, right? When you create your own destiny, the ceiling is no longer. And so I'm doing the math here and I'm thinking, you know, if I started a side hustle and I started to freelance and I charged hundred bucks an hour and I put in 10 hours or 11 hours a day versus the nine to five, obviously it was more than that, but, um, I probably could get a pretty good perpetuitous business going on to support both the rebuilding of my life as well as capitalizing on my skill sets. And I would have that control over my future, which um, I had always had a lot of self-confidence that I could do that. So, you know, it took some introspection. I'm not going to lie. It didn't, it wasn't like a instant, you know, I had to really think about this and decide, you know, do I go for security and slow as smooth, smooth as fast and having this W2 paycheck or do I look at the opportunity to leverage my network and see if I can um, generate more and you got to believe in yourself when you make a decision like that because if you know if if there is a back door in your mind that you can exit your promise you're going to take it you're going to walk out there and be like okay I'm throwing in the bag and I can't yeah, that's a mess. So awesome. That's a gem. That's, that's right? a gem. That's a gem right, right there. That's oh that back, that back door. That's a gem. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, so th- there was no looking back for me, exactly. and nothing, nothing pushes hustle like I said more than desperation. And so you know, knowing that I had to fulfill this debt that had been awarded through um, the the court system, Arizona is a community property state, and because we were married, and it was my social security. Court's like, you should have known about this. This is your problem. And so when we got divorced, oh, wow. 100% of it went to me. So quick story. I, um, wow. you know, I left my home, my dogs, my cars, really started fresh. I have um, an amazing family member who took wait, wait, me you in. Wait, wait, you left the dogs? I took one dog. Oh, okay, um, okay. I knew you ain't leaving more. I'm about had, to say, come had, on now. You, three, you left the puppies? Dog. Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, my cousin uh, was really welcoming and let me move in. And, you know, I was living in a spare bedroom. And a friend of mine who was working in a, a like a peer agency heard about what I was going through and said, hey, do you have a computer? And he gifted me one of his old computers. And it was truly amazing to have this culmination of support within a very short amount of time, you know, a week or two, people were generously offering me uh, help. And, you know, the day after I left my agency, the next morning, I woke up, I took a shower, I got dressed just as if I was going to get in the car and drive somewhere. I walked across the hallway, sat my butt down at the kitchen table, and I started working as if I was at my day job. And that's my, that was my mm. practice. That's mm. how I disciplined myself is, you know, if you, if I didn't do that, I know myself, if I didn't do that, that I would start taking liberties with my schedule, probably not delivering on the promise that I had made for myself, which is to be successful. So um, I found out about a week later when I went to go buy a car and I test drove a car and fell in love with it. You know, I'd had the cash for the deposit and getting ready to, you know, do the deal. And the guy comes out with this like 
stack of papers that, you know, the finance manager and he goes, ma'am, I'm not really sure how you're going to qualify for this. You have a 430 credit score. And I'm like, I beg your pardon. Like I I knew that I had like had this debt increase. I had no idea of the severity. So now I'm essentially homeless, you know, crap credit, no, hardly any cash, right. I'm scraping dollars together. And, and uh, again, fuel, fuel for the fire, right. It keeps me motivated. Um, you know, and I, um, shortly thereafter, I did find a place to live of my own. And this was during a time where personal guarantees weren't as mandatory. And this lady just loved my passion and my story. And so she said, sure, you can rent my house. And, but I had no furniture. So I send an email to all my friends the day after I move into this rental. And I say, Hey guys, I've got no money. I've got no furniture. I'm starting completely over. If any of you have furniture in storage that you're paying for no reason, would you mind if I took that off your hands, save you the storage payments, and then when you want it back, just let me know and I'll give it back to you. And within <laughs> 45 minutes, within yeah. 45 minutes, somebody's like, oh, I have a bed frame, I have a desk, I have a kitchen table, I have a refrigerator. Within 24 hours, I had all this furniture, including the couch, mm. from people who had shared their willingness and genuine you know, intention to support me in this new journey of my life. So, oh, wow. um, so the couch was a big part of the story, right? Because people, you know, um, paid it forward to me and I tried to do the same, but um, I worked real hard. I stuck my head in the sand and I, you know, made sure that I wasn't getting distracted by all the naysayers that kept telling me I couldn't do it. You know, my parents, um, you know, and when my divorce was final, which is about six months later, it was a tremendous amount of freedom, but it also was a sense of reality of like, you're on your own and you're creating your own destiny and your own brand, there, you have to do this meticulously, right? Like in lockstep, mm-hmm. especially here in Phoenix, it's a small group of people like mm-hmm. dominoes that really can impact your reputation in One the positive the or the negative, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right? A bunch of key stakeholders. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the initial journey of how I started the business. Um, right. 50 bucks maybe at most in my pocket at any given time, sometimes looking for quarters in the in every crevice of my house to put money, uh, gas in the car to make it to a client meeting. Um, ended up getting a car uh, because a friend of mine could no longer make her payments on her Mercedes, her little three series Mercedes or whatever that small coupe was. And so I'm like, girl, I'll pay your I'll pay your payments. You still get the credit, but at least it looks like I'm successful when I'm showing up for these client meetings. So there's like tip number two, right? Act as if and just yeah. kind of portray that intention. And so here I am rolling in this Benz, but it's not mine. People think, right, that I uh, have this office when really I'm just working from my couch or my kitchen table. And uh, one of my favorite stories I tell Jarrett to podcasters and people who ask me, they say, okay, so like, what do you mean act as if? Um, I built my own website, you know, I, I got a, a separate phone number, a PO box, right, all the things to make it look like, you know, it, it was. And clients would call this phone number and I'd pick up the phone and I'd answer it in a British accent. I got to mm. hear it. I got to hear it. <laughs> I can't, I can't even. No, 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 no. There's no way you're doing that. No, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way you're doing that. See, he knew it. He knew it. That's why he's laughing. There's no way you're doing that. For real, it, it, I, I, I got to hear something. I got to hear a little, but you know. But the, the, the fact just, that you did, I, like, as you're I gotta, saying, as I'm hearing your story. V, I got to hear it. Like, no, I'm so inspired and admired by everything it's you're crazy. saying. Like, like, it's so crazy. Like, so for those yeah. listening, right, who may not be in the agency world, the agency world is not, there's not stability there. 
Let's just put that for for sake, right? And based on the client, it's based on the intake, your client revenue. Um, One drops off, it affects everybody. Like the pandemic, agencies went to shit during the agency. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you you were going through that personal and you just bet on yourself and then you made the axe and utilized your resources around you, that's another gem, right? So you had the axe. Wait, we're going to get there, but you had to ask. (laughs) You had to ask other people to get your stuff. Like the fact that you did it. You know what I'm saying? You could have easily just fell off the cliff and just said, I'm not doing it. $50, $50 I'm, I, we, we, I know it and I love it because I'm doing it now. Yeah. I, I, I and I'm not look. kidding, Jared. There were days where like it was just a bottle of ketchup and a bottle of wine in my fridge, right? And that's yeah. all I got. That's all I had, right? And you just yeah. figure it out. I am not going to do the British accent because I will certainly offend somebody with it. But nah, let me, come let me, on. Let me, let me tell you the punchline about I, I, that. It's about to tea let, or something. Let me, let, right? No. Um, but let me tell you the punchline about that. One of the new clients that I had been awarded uh, was in the infill multifamily space, like an apartment complex that I was working on. And turns out the client contact was British. And he calls me for the first time and I answer and he's like, uh, and, and I used to put the phone down, like, hold please, you know, just the phone down and then pick it back up as myself. And so he pretty much called me out on my bullshit and I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. But you know, the, and there was a, a, an assortment of things that I used to do to make people feel a sense of confidence in me, right? When they'd say, yeah. can I come to your office? I'd say, oh no, no, our value proposition is we make it easy. We come to you, you know, we'll come to your office or you know, who else mm. do you have on your team? I would call all of my freelance friends and like make business cards really fast and have them show up to the meeting when really I wasn't paying them anything. They were just doing me a favor, right? You just, you just figure it <laughs> out. Hustle. Figure, it um, out. <laughs> figure it out. Right. And, um, you know, landed a big client about two months later, a really notable client. And one of my really good college friends sent me an email one day and he said, Hey B, I'm leaving my agency. I'm tired of the rat race. Do you mind looking at my portfolio and critiquing my work? And I wrote back right away. And I said, actually, why don't you come meet me for breakfast? Um, I've got an idea and I want to talk with you about what I'm working on right now. So he came and he met me for breakfast that morning. And we ended up sitting at this community table at this local popular restaurant for six hours. And I told him all about my vision and what I've been working on and my history. And he says, yeah, I want to do this with you. And if we're going to do this, it's going to be different. And we're going to do it the way that we want to, which is having fun, having a safe place to work, loving the clients we work with, bringing them along. So there's not any of this, like, how could that have taken so long? Why does this cost so much money? Right. That's the contention that happens in our space. Absolutely. That gentleman, Shane Tang is our chief creative officer and has been with us for 18 years. So he's a founding member of the agency. He doesn't have ownership, but he's our chief creative officer. And to be able to say that I've had a work partner that believed in the vision, you know, fast forward almost, you know, two decades later, it's a pretty incredible honor. Um, So Shane and I had a vision and we believed in taking it to what we felt was the next level of the vacancy of what agencies were doing right now, right? Lack of heart-centered leadership, really having a, a close relationship with clients. Yeah. And as we'd earn a piece of business, the client would be like, hey, you did a great job on our logo or branding. Can you do PR for us? And we'd be like looking up what PR means, you know, <laughs> in the background, like, you know, and this is before all the digital, this is before social, this is before all, all the print. things, right? Yeah. yeah, but that thus the PR department was born and we found a gal that was doing PR for us. And about a year in we had, it was like a boy band. It was like seven dudes and myself, mm. um, all contract employees. And I had a really, really great friend that was generously offering her time to play contract CEO and CFO for me. And she said, you know, V 
the IRS doesn't love that you have all these people coming to your house, working out of your home for upwards of like 40 hours a week, and you're paying them a pretty good perpetual paycheck uh, without paying taxes. You need to convert these guys to W-2 employees. Mm. So overnight, overnight, we went from me and the boy band to eight full-time, put your big girl pants on, paychecks and insurance and all those things, right? Like it was a, it was a turning point that I will never forget. And from there, it became this kind of like gorilla that you had to keep feeding, right? So they couldn't come to my office, to my home anymore. We didn't have room on the couch. So had to go out and look for a small office and um, found an 800 square foot space. If you guys remember the movie, The Boiler Room, that's what it felt like to me. We were all in this like bullpen and and it was like straight startup style, right? Like loud music, working till midnight, having the best time, you know, booze in the middle of the day, clients coming in and hanging out, stuff pinned up all over the wall, super creative. And it honestly, it was some of the best times that I can remember of starting the business. And while I always was trying to get to the next level, I wish I had just taken a beat and really appreciated the freedom, the camaraderie, the creativity and the scrappiness. Like. Remember the iPhone one or two, yeah. you know, a bazillion years ago, Shane used to take that and stick it in a bowl on speakerphone. And that would be like our conference phone for our clients. <laughs> and we would use the bowl as the yeah. amplifier, right? Like you just kind of figured it out. We'd buy all yeah. of our furniture, secondhand, Ikea, all of our computers were off of eBay. Like, and because I couldn't access credit, I didn't have a credit card, I didn't have a line of credit. We only spent money when we had cash in the bank. Mm, that's that's super important as well. Message. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, we can't go past that right there, you know. So I mean, you know, that journey. I mean, again, right? The the journey that you're taking. At each at each step of the game, you're implying more risk, right? But you're right. you're doing it. You're doing it in a way that that makes you comfortable to say like, there's no other way, right? We have to do this. We have to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's very important uh, what you said before that you didn't even go to business school. So there's a word for what you're doing, and we talk about it all the time. It's called winging it. You were winging it. Yeah, and I you, just DIY the shit out of it. <laughs> you were flying. You were flying. You was winging it. But it, it just, you know, it, it's a testament to your creativity and your ambition that, yeah. that, like you said, you just stuck with it, right? If you didn't know it, you learned it or you researched it. And you gave it a try, and, and you know, and you got the right people in your corner, um, because other, support is everything. And, but another right. gem too, though, yeah. when you brought in the CFO, right? Yeah. So I was in that same boat, right? So I I got fired in August. I know the audience heard this. I'm gonna give you the quick version. I got fired in August from Hootsuite. I have a brand of like twenty thousand followers on LinkedIn. I've got a lot of connections. I'm like, mm. I couldn't get a job. I'm applying to everything. He's like, no, 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 I don't get it. I'm like, why am I doing this when I got this and that? But I don't know finance. And what, what else? I'm a good creative mind, but I don't actually execute the stuff. Like, I'm not in Adobe Photoshop. I'm not doing those things. I can give you ideas all day, mm-hmm. but I need people to execute. So I called my cousin. I called Chad. I'm like, he has successful businesses. Can you come on? Can you be our CEO? There he goes. We get a, Within a week, we got the business running, and then we got our first client within a week. And then I also had a, uh, Jordan, our other partner. He connected with me on LinkedIn. We had a random phone conversation. He just asked me to mentor him. And I'm like, we just I just loved his energy. And I'm like, man, let's just do something together. Randomly, a couple weeks later, I'm starting a podcast. I have no name, no anything. I don't have StreamYard. I barely have a microphone. I'm just like, we, we got two guests. We're just going to go right. for it. And he just 
he just came on and we, we gave him equity. We all split the equity. And now we're six months in winging it just like you're doing. No cold calls, no emails. And we're <laughs> a six figure business right now because yeah. we're doing it. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, your, your hustle is like, oh my God, I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Oh my God. You're doing, doing it right, right though, you <laughs> yeah. guys. And I mean, that's amazing because the yeah. testament there, and the best entrepreneurs that I know are the ones who take the risks, right? And, it. and it's 1% of the economic community that's willing to really dig in their heels and say, I believe in myself and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And the 1% of the 1% are doing what you're doing, which is they're eliminating all the excuses. That's right. It. So, you know, I, I use an example of like a friend of mine who he's like, oh, I just don't have time to go to the gym. I'm like, cool, build a gym in your house. Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't have blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, sign up for Peloton. It's 36 bucks a month. Uh, you know, I don't have any weights. Great. Amazon. Here's a package. It's a hundred dollars. Like, Get rid of all the excuses, yeah. get rid of all the friction and the barrier. The best entrepreneurs are the ones that take the risks and they get rid of all the, the choke points, all the, you know, all the pauses. Yeah. And you guys are doing that and you're on track, right? No, no, that, that's, yeah, a, but, that's a clip V, you know, I'm just no, letting it, you know, we're it, clipping it, that up. You, oh my God, that was yeah, beautiful. But, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I can't let that go. It, it's a testament also to the people that wanted to work with you genuinely and right. believed in you, right? Yeah. And we talk about this all the time, right? And our communities, more often than not, everybody wants the finish line, right? This new generation, these newer generations, we call them the instant gratification generations, the IG right. generation. You don't want, you, you just want the, the fancy cars, the big house, but you don't want to do all the work that it takes to get there. You don't know what yeah. it took to get there, how long it took to get there, and you don't want to know it. You just want it now. So it's a testament yeah. to finding people that believe in you. And I mean, believe in you truly where you can say, hey, listen, we might have to work six months without getting paid. You still yeah. willing to you still willing to work with me? You still willing right. to build with me? You know, we might not eat, you know, every day and that happens. the best meals. Right. Yeah, That's what I'm ramen. saying, right? That's it. Right. I mean, ramen. Ramen. There, right. Yeah. there were days where with yeah. Shane, I'm like, okay, I know that you're up for a raise, but I'm gonna have to push this six months. And he'd be like, whatever you need. Right. Because we yeah. believe we right. believe it. So right. so yeah, building that community of trust I think is crucial and, and honoring those relationships as you get big too. Because mm. one of the clients that believed in me in my early years is still a client today. And they're Huge. they're a large hotel uh company and and um you know the, the relationship that we have and the trust of him seeing me through our journey, you know, as growing the agency is pretty special. That's not something that you can constantly say. Um, in your professional path. And so yeah. respect, you know, those people because they'll be a part as long as you allow them and you repay that, you know, and that trust and respect, I think it can go, um, uh, you know, tenfold in return uh, for anybody like yourselves who've got the hustle, the grind and are getting the work done. So, um, you know, so, you know, it was such a fun time. The early years were super fun, but to your point, I wanted the next level every time. So for yeah. me, I don't really sit a whole lot in celebrating the wins. I'm the kind of person who's like, okay, cool. Okay, move on. What's, What's the next, next thing? What's the next <laughs> level? You know, how are we leveling up? And that's not for everybody. I know yeah. that my personality is, is a lot and it can be fairly intense, but I'm confident that going through the early years of a business and being scrappy or bootstrap or, you know, winging it, as you guys say, taught me a lot about what was to come because mm -hmm. shortly thereafter we had the great recession of 2008 and at that juncture the agency now was about 10 people i was responsible for all of these livelihoods and having a safe place to work um, and we were predominantly working on really cool apartment complexes that became the niche that we were focused on and the real estate market crashed i mean yep. especially in arizona right um and so rather than me being like well that's it 
I'm going to throw in the towel, right? Which I think a lot of people would typically do because that's the barrier of entry, right? That's the excuse. We all sat in a room and we spent a minute together whiteboarding all of the dream clients that we want to work with. And we just wrote them down. I mean, large, small brands, industries, we just manifested everything that we possibly could think of. And the coolest thing was three months later, we went back to that and we had won like 60% of either the client or the industry. And it fully turned the portfolio around in less than three months because we put in the effort, right? And that was really cool because we started picking up hotel clients and food and beverage clients. And all of a sudden, overnight, now we're a diversified agency that's handling multiple types of, uh, of asset classes. And, um, and that was a great learning lesson. Again, no access to credit, no credit lines, no capital partners, right? We're still DIYing this, but now we're up to about 12, 15 people and it's time for a new space. That 800 square foot office is getting pretty tight. So, Jim, gotta throw that. Come on, baby, we leveling up. Well, <laughs> always, right? Vivi, I got, I've got to ask you yeah. because you're, you're, you're taking go. us on a journey, and I'm, I'm visualizing everything you're saying. Let's go. So, when you started and you got to the recession, throughout the business, even then, what was the toughest decision you had to make with the business? Like, what was the hardest point in the business, and what was the biggest lesson you learned from that particular situation? So. The, the hardest lesson I've had to deal with is COVID, which I'll tell you um, mm. about that next. But at that time, the decision for me was um, how, how, like, how many chips do I put on the table, right? Mm, like, yeah. I think that you get to a point where there's, I talked about like eliminating the barriers, eliminating the excuses, but like, how, how much do you go all in on yourself? And at the risk of potentially putting your, yourself as an entrepreneur, you know, on the line to support the people of who are depending on you. And, you know, there's a saying, it's like, keep it small, keep it all. Or, you know, I've heard some of those like adages out there. And, and I believed that if I wanted to go far, I had to take everybody with me. And so that's a, a turning point for an entrepreneur when revenue gets tight and you're in a recession and all signs are pointing to doomsday. Do you start cutting people left and right to keep the cash to yourself? because that's, that's all of your equity, right? A majority of entrepreneurs put all of their, you know, financials into their business. And, yeah. <laughs> and I just you can't rush through I just, that. <laughs> I, just, I just double down on it, right? Yeah. You know, I put all the chips on the table. I said, no, I'm gonna keep y'all. We're gonna go hard and go fast. And, and it turned out it worked. So that was a lesson for me of, you know, instead of retreating and, and cutting as much as I could off the P&L, to keep everybody, keep everybody busy, start looking for new opportunities in different sectors that weren't affected by this recession and it worked, right? So, um, but to your point, like mm. you, you just don't know, you're winging it. And even today, like some of my staff, they look at me for all the answers and I'm like, y'all know that I'm just guessing and I'm trusting my in intuition right now. Like, yeah, I use a lot of data and a lot of facts and history, but even today when there's something new that comes to the table that I genuinely have nothing to rely on, trust my gut, you know, you kind of double right. down on it. You go all in. If it doesn't work, you fix it, right? You adapt, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you turn the dial. So, so the agency didn't get its first, we hit our first million, I think year two, right? And that was a big mm -hmm. monument for me. I, I'll never forget. I uh, had a big stretch Hummer limo come pick up the team spontaneously. And we went and party that afternoon and did some fun stuff <laughs> oh, you, together. Oh, you celebrated that though. Oh, you I celebrated like, that though. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah. You know? Okay, you okay, okay. You have to. I mean, she said she don't celebrate. So she said that no, million though. one million. Going, no, we, no. We from $50 to, to a million? Four hours. Yeah, right? For like what? four hours. And then we <laughs> right. went right back 
back to work, right back to the grind. So that's know. a hell of, that's a hell of a happy hour. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the agency, yeah. you know, the agency got its first credit card shortly thereafter that because we were liquid, so we could go to the banks and say, please, you know, give us something, um, you know, American Express and. Sure, there were limits there, so we didn't have unlimited spending, but I was very conscientious of not overextending on debt. And with Amex, you know it is, you got to pay it off by the end of the month, otherwise they charge you interest. So we we got into a really good habit of where we're using that just as kind of like a micro line of credit and um, found a bigger office because we had maxed out our space. And I found this space kind of literally just across the street from our little 800 square foot, you know, small, small pad, and it was 4,000 square feet, you guys. Mm, and I walk oh. into this, I walk into this office Man. and I'm like, how in the heck are we going to fill this place? Right? Like I'm like, and he's like, trust me, you want to go bigger, not smaller because you're going to grow. And I've looked at your financials and sure enough, signed on the dotted line at the time, you know, that rent felt like such a big hurdle yeah, for me. I was absolutely. like, how am I going to hit this check every month? Right. And, and uh, you guys, we maxed out that space in less than a year and a half. <laughs> I mean, we were busting at the seams and I had a five-year lease with these people. So right. now I'm like reconfiguring desks. And I mean, we're pretty much on top of each other. It was again, so fun conference wow. room in the middle of the building, like so fun. And um, I mean, every stage is fun. It was just a different level of fun, right? Like right. clients are, you know, we were on a thoroughfare and we had this giant sign on the building that was as long as a city bus. And just that signage alone, you know, in hindsight was the best marketing that I could have possibly paid for because we had 23 feet of brand recognition with 60,000 cars going by. You, you, you can't buy that, you know, from an impression standpoint yeah. as a company that has no money. And, uh, oh, I've seen you guys. Yeah, your guys are on Indian school. I totally drive past your building and that created trust, right? They yes. saw a building, they saw a brand. There was a sense of consistency there. So we leveraged that brand recognition as much as possible. Won some awards, started getting some good clients, right? Yeah. And uh, the team, started realizing that they were having people, hey, I want to come work for you. I hear you're a really good agency. I hear that your boss is really fun. I hear that you guys have a safe place to work. Safe for us means non-toxic, no fingers pointing, right? Like people aren't getting um, thrown under the bus for, you know, issues. Like we really did things different. Um, so, I love it. Go ahead. I, no, that was, I was going to say, cause I, I love where you're going with this. And I wanted to I just ask you, because this is like our, our halfway moment. Okay, and I always perfect. ask all of our, all of our guests, all the success you had when you reached the million million dollar mark for your business and revenue, what was that mama I made it moment? What was the one moment where you sat there and just maybe sat in the office and was like, holy crap, like what did I do? And what was that like? Like what and also another part two to that, you say a lot about fun. How do you deal with the fun and keep it fun when you're dealing with the pressures of the business? Okay, so let's answer the first question. Um, I've never had the mama I've made it moment. Ever. Mm -hmm. Even we, to this day. We're we going to have a talk after this. We okay. I would love to hear why. I would love to hear why. Yeah, I just, I think when, I think when business owners get complacent, you know, the, the again, another adage, like if you're not growing, you're dying. And I, I think that if you sit in the moment, yes, you can be proud, but saying that you've accomplished something and you're done, or, you know, you rest on your laurels too long, you die, you, you fall backwards, you get, uh, you know, too big headed, you see egos. And, and I wanted to continue to practice humility because at the end of the day, I wasn't just doing this for me. I was doing it for my people. I was doing it for our clients. And so for me to make this about me, wasn't really the intention, right? That was never the point. And even today, I feel the same way as, you know, as well. Um, so, um, and I'm sorry, I missed the second the, the, question. The second one is, um, 
because you're dealing with the pressures of being the CEO, you're the face of the right. brand. How do you keep it fun when you're dealing with so many different personalities, so many different people that, that you are responsible for? Sure. I do not take it for granted that I have been so lucky to have the right people on the bus with so, me, right? So like, being, so I, you know, picking the right people who believe in the vision and, and people who want to work hard. You got to have both sides of the fence, right? You got to have people who want to be here and want to win. You can't just have cool people that don't get their work done. You can't have people just get their work done, but they're jerks, right? You've got to have that. Do not take that for granted. And what's beautiful is my core leadership team. My president's been here for 10 years. She's amazing. My um, creative director, uh, 12 years, right? So these guys were all That's part of the early, good. yeah, right? So um, having people keep you humble and remember the early days of the business, like Shane and Darren and May, right? That's really grounding to have that and to have that established relationship of, do you remember when, right? And, wow, and don't yeah. get too comfy. Yeah. Um, so let me just do a little fast forward real fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, you asked about the hard lessons. Remember I started the business out of hustle and grind, debt, you know, a lot of debt, no cash, really no support. And, and it might, one of my great stories was that office, that 4,000 square foot office that we moved into. I was having that big sign installed, right? And the guy had to come into my personal office and do the electrical. And I'm typing away and he's like, so he's like, is James like the head guy around here? And I'm like, yes, yes, he is. And I just kind of <laughs> laughed to myself because, <laughs> you know, that's and I That's didn't correct crazy. him and I just kept typing away, right? Because yeah. there's a huge vacancy for heart-centered female leaders in our space. And there's this so kind true. of like, and so, um, and so, you know, laughing quietly to myself, I go about my day and, and I've had little micro moments like that throughout my journey. But, you know, come 2020, we're a staff of 35, we're in a 9,500 square foot state-of-the-art office. We've got, you know, you know, $10 million of, of, um, of recurring revenue and all the projects that we're working on in addition to and i take my entire team on a cruise to mexico to celebrate our 15 year anniversary for there three nights yeah. and uh there you know we, we and uh it, it was so fun we flew into uh newport we, we went down to ensenada and we had the best time and this was uh march 1st of 2020 we come back to arizona and the boat that literally left right after us to do the same trip they're the ones, the cruise ship that got quarantined that made the national news. So we really had no wow. idea what we were coming into. Crazy. Right. March 17th was our actual 15 year anniversary, which is also the day, as you recall, that the world shut down. And in 30 minutes, we lost 62% of our net revenue by way of phone calls, text messages, emails, cancel, 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 cancel. Cause we were so saturated in the hospitality, food and beverage, entertainment, right. right? All the world shut down. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is the day I'm gonna lose my business. I'm literally laying on the floor and I, I left out an important part, been married for 12 years. I have two amazing children, seven and eight years old, love of my life. Um, he's an entrepreneur as well, but you know, I'm laying on the floor and I'm, I'm crying. And my daughter at the time, she was three, I think whatever. Yeah. That probably about right. Um, four. And she's like, mom, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. You know, and I'm really having a hard time kind of sat in the swamp for a few hours, got up and I was like, all right, here we go. Right. I just like strapped it on. And I was like, where do I start? So um, sent everybody home and I, and I prayed about it, thought about it. And I said, okay, let's go back to my days of 2008. Do I fire half my staff, furlough pay cuts? 
I talked with my husband, Dustin, and we decided, no, we're going to go far. We need to keep everybody employed. And I say we because he's a big part of my decision process now. And so no layoffs, no furloughs, no pay cuts. Mm. We just, we just That's huge. Yeah, that's Message. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> so. Wait, uh, you know, I, I, you said it. I got to touch on it. You know, we're big on family values, and there is a finite, and I mean finite line between overworking. You know, when you're working hard, especially as an nine to five is easy. You're clocking, you're clock out. You have your average travel time to work. You have your average travel time home. Everybody knows your schedule. Like you said, there's the, the entrepreneur when you're working till 12 midnight. A lot of times me and Jared are up 1, 2 o'clock in the morning texting, hey, let's do another conference. Let's talk about this. Been now, there. Now, now, so now that you're remarried, right? Now that you're remarried and you said, let me give this thing a, a go again, right? And now that you have children, right? How does that affect your family life? Because your family life obviously is super important to you while mm -hmm. you're working these type of hours. How, how strenuous was that? So early... Um, I would say when my kids were young, like babies and infants, I was still very much in that hybrid role of being very much in the business and on the business, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was being a supervisor, visionary, you know, the all gas moving forward. But I also was very involved in sales still. I was still doing operational coaching. There were some things that I was in the business on. And um, it was hard, right? You know, entrepreneurs, they don't work a nine to five, they work a five to nine. That's what, you know, the, the joke is because the nine right. to five is to get the work done, the five or, and then to the nine to five is to get the work done, the five to nine is to do all the visionary stuff. Right. So yeah. you guys at 2 a.m. keep those juices flowing because that's some of my best ideas in the middle of the night. And, um, and I'm no stranger to those thoughts, right? I love that stuff. Some of my best creativity comes out right when I wake up at four in the morning. But to that point, you have to start creating non-negotiables for yourself as an entrepreneur, because if you don't, you will burn out, you will make yourself physically ill, right? And so I started learning about, okay, if I'm gonna operate at this vibration, which is probably a hundred times more than most people I know, and I get more done in a 24 hour period than almost half the population, what do I need to do? I need to eat well. I need to exercise. Mm. I need to get a minimum of six hours of sleep. And so we talked about Jared, like getting rid of the excuses. I didn't have time to cook because I was working my butt off. So I started having a meal delivery service that was curated to my calories. Right. And there's a lot of inexpensive ways to do that and, and really great resources. Again, didn't have time to go to the gym because that took away from me waking up my children. And that was one of my non-negotiables built a gym inside my house. Really easy to do. Right. Low cost. Um, and so I started creating these non-negotiables. And then what I did is I started finding boundaries for myself, which is different than non-negotiables. So for me, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I was home by seven o'clock. So I could put my kids to bed and be a part of that when they were infants. But Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had free reign to work. And this was a conversation I had with my husband to work as late as I wanted. Love so that. I knew that I could eat dinner at the office. And if I wanted to come home at one o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night, there was going to be no hardship or grudges because he knew my vision and he believed in me. And so that really gave me the space to feel comfortable that if I wanted to grind really hard Monday or Tuesdays and Thursdays and just dig into a project, I was going to do it. But then Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I was there for my kids. I was there for my husband and I was a normal, you know, um, um, entrepreneur. So my recommendation or my tip for somebody like you guys is find those boundaries and find those non-negotiables and then eliminate all the excuses so that it can get to be easier and repetitious for you. Cause consistency is the king of success, right? You start building a habit, it will become innate. Um, you know, um, 
there's the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's a great one to reference. And you start creating these atomic habits. Uh, it becomes second nature. And then you start tacking in more because you know you can accomplish more. So I don't know if that answered your question well, but... Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, 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 the more you talk, the more I understand. Like, this is like yeah. a perfect... This is why the show is created. Like, yeah. cool. we're getting a lot of business gems, but yeah. I feel like I'm getting to know exactly who you are, V. And, I, and yeah. the more I hear, I'm just like, oh my God, you're, you're effing incredible. You know, you. You, know, you know, you know, I got another question for you. You know, I'm, I'm, bring it. Let's go. I, listen, I, li I like that. I, he let him ask all the business questions. I, I want to know the other stuff. So listen, you was in debt. You got married early. You got divorced. $250,000 in debt. I know it was a moment when you paid that debt off. Sure did, you did. Call, did you call your ex like, ha ha, you motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, be real. Be real. Did you call him like, yeah, you paid know. that off? You know, you, did mm. you did you do a little brush, a little dirt up your shoulder? Like, yeah, I, I paid I, that I 250 off. I definitely didn't have a celebratory moment, but I will tell you the, the, the last phone call that I made to pay off the last payment, I remember putting the phone down and, and feeling like having a visceral reaction, right? Like this tremendous sense of like closure. It was behind right. me. It was my life moving forward. Um, and it Sorry was incredible. That. That's okay. And, and what I learned from that very moment is I said, I'm never going to feel that way again. I'm never going to be tied to somebody else's debt or decisions, bad decisions ever. So the point is, you know, we're 20, almost 20 years into this business. This business today still is debt free, 100% debt free. There you go. Like, and my marriage, my it. marriage, we it. live a debt free lifestyle. You know, we have okay. our mortgage and our cars, but we live a fully debt free because of my experience in my young life. Yeah, it is. I will never feel that way again. And I believe that every major milestone in life or in business is a, um, uh, a brick to build you up right and to stand on and so you know COVID was freaking hard it was hard yeah. but we came out with a recession-proof portfolio stronger than ever and I made it through that entire experience debt-free I never called on a line of credit we just you know we got really lean and yeah. we worked hard and and um so it can be done that's the point I'm trying to say is like the things that seem tumultuous and difficult and you're like in quicksand and there's no way out that is the character the fiber that's building you as an entrepreneur as you grow into an old crusty like me right and and i still have years ahead of me i got 15 20 years of hustle and i'm sure i'm going to have so many more milestones of hardship right. but i can reflect on those moments and be like i can persevere i can totally get through this and yeah. I uh, can trust my instincts, right? Winging it is not a bad thing at all. That's so true. Right. But, you, but you, this, is, this is a perfect segue. What does mm -hmm. the mountaintop look like for you, V? Mm -hmm. Like, so you've been uber successful in your career. Like you're saying, 15 years from now, what does the mountaintop, what are, what are some things that you're looking to accomplish or that you got your eyes set on um, to be like, I can hand the business over to family or whoever? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about legacy planning and that's an yeah. important part. My kids are right. eight and nine, right? They're too young. My girl... She's a, she's a little hustler herself, right? She's definitely going to be an ad executive. And she's or, like, we joke, her name's Rome. We say Rome for president because she gets everybody in line and she's highly creative. But uh, my son, not so much. He's going to be the athlete of the family, right? His football career will <laughs> nice. go far. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about mountaintops and, and I have a dear friend who challenges me all the time. He says, when is enough enough? And he's not being condescending or patronizing. He yeah. just says, like, yeah. when, when do you stop? Yeah. I think for people like us, is there ever an end That's to creation? A, it, is it, it is for me. It is for me. 
For, for me, okay. it is, though. And I'm glad you answered that because we ask this question all the time. For me, there is an end. I don't need $100 million. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need but so much money to live because at the end of the day, you can get to a certain amount of success, like money-wise, right, economically, mm -hmm. and be like, I can't spend it all, right? I can't spend it all. And then it becomes a problem where, yes, you want to give some to your family, right? But then it's like, who do you take care of? How much? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 yep. it starts to be more of a, a burden than a benefit. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Uh, just yep. for me personally, and, I tell, and, and then me and Jared also have this conversation. Yes, you have workers that work with you, right? And we had uh, the last conversation, I think, um, we had with Tamil uh, last week. He was like, I have people that work with me, not for me, which was mm -hmm. like a big gem. I, I have the same right. philosophy. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the way I feel, right? And, and Jared knows this, right? Being at an economic, because I've hustled my whole life, I've been hustling since I was a kid. Economically, I've always been above my peers for the most part. Mm -hmm. when you get to a certain level where the gap starts to get so big that the way I have fun and the way they have fun is just completely different. It's not a disrespect thing, but it, it starts to cause a tension and a rift between your loved ones, your family, yes. and your friends, right? So like you said, me and Jared take vacations all the time. Easily, we're on five, six vacations a year, right? But Love other it. people can't do that, right? So if we say, hey, Jared can say, hey, for my birthday, I want to go to Jamaica. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we're going to Jamaica, right? But then we can ask other people, and then they're like, yeah, I, I can't go. We can't go. And then you get angry, like, well, it's my birthday. Why you can't go? Well, because they're not in the same economic. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, the mountaintop for me is... Yeah, being wealthy is good. Having generational wealth is good. But I'd rather create generational wealth upon different generational families so we mm -hmm. all can be in the same category. We ain't going to be, obviously, exactly the same money. But if we're all in the same bracket, then it makes it a lot easier to have genuine friends, right? Genuine friends that love to hang out with you and, and be around you and family members and not just have everybody depend on you. So when you want to do something, you're like, well, I know I'm going to have to foot this bill because can't nobody fly to Mexico just tomorrow because they feel like it. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yep. So, and I love yeah. my, fav my favorite, you know, um, thing that you just said is for yeah. me, it's, it's not about the wealth. For My love language yeah. is quality time. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I tell people all the time, I am creating this selfishly because I like, I like this environment. I like to be around the people that I work with. I right. like the clients I'm working with. And so life is too short. And I, you know, I travel with my family all the time. So for me, what does the mountaintop look like? It looks like autonomy. It's not about finances. It's about having the autonomy to discern my destiny, where I go, yeah. where I travel, who I work with, how my schedule looks. That is the mountaintop. Right. And you're right. More money, more problems. The bigger the company, I've got yeah. 40 plus employees that, you know, we're getting ready to expand another 4,000 square feet. But right. th that comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility um, and accountability. And that's I do not take that for granted, nor do yeah. I take that lightly. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. Right. Um, and that's something yeah. that I've curated for myself. But I, I for, for me, the autonomous ability to discern where I go in my future it, is a gift. Right. Oh, it's to right. be able to make as little or as much money to take as much time or as little time to be around people that I want to be or just to be completely introverted. I don't have to, and, and I don't mean this in a wrong way. I don't have to answer to anybody. And right. it's a, it's a beautiful thing to, con to be able to yeah. control that and to, wow. to decide where I go. Um, so you said that, yeah. I know, that's, 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 that's no, but that's yeah. where I met with, I, we actually said yeah. it the other week. I said, 
happiness for me is doing what I want when I want with right. the people that I love and not having to answer to anybody. Right. And like you said, that autonomous decision in your life, right? That's yeah. that's key, it's right? So but but you too. notice the language that she that's used, it. that's a completely different answer than somebody saying financial freedom. If exactly. you ask if you ask most people what their mountaintop is or when would they feel happy or to retire, they or most people are gonna say when I achieve financial freedom. But she's already she already has financial freedom. That's not her answer. It's a completely different answer. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it's a completely so, different so answer. Real. Yeah. That's so real. And then, yeah. I, and I want to ask you. I know we're yeah. real because I'm having so much fun. V. So Watching before, some time here. Yeah, I'm, I'm mean, having so much fun. We, I mean, are you on a time restraint? Can we keep going? Nope. V. You bet. Let's right, go. Let's go. A more Let's I want to get to the stratagem. I want to yeah. get to how you got to that. Right. Let's go. So you created your own offering. Can you tell us, like, how? What is it? Can you explain it to us? And how did you get to it? So what made you in your business say I have to create this? Yeah. So, you know, post COVID, um, everybody was really scared. Clients were scared. They're like, we have no idea what next steps are for our business. And then, you know, on the heels of that AI came out of, do you guys feel like AI just came out of nowhere? Like it's having oh. an iPhone moment, right? Yeah, no, like for sure. in the last six months. Okay. No, no, chat GPT. No, it's crazy. No, no, no. it's more mainstream now than it is was before. I, I just, I have a different intake cause I'm military. I'm a veteran. Okay. Um, and I know how the military and how they hide stuff. And so I always know that there's stuff that, that are this light years ahead that we don't know about. It's just when do they introduce it to us? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yep. So, and it, it just feels like from a from a consumer awareness perspective, it all just came out right. And yeah. so, in yeah. October, I was I was hearing our clients talking about their uncertainty and and the economic community and the forecasting being volatile. And and you know, we're in a really safe place as a company, being debt free and and forward thinking. I said. We need to transfer some of this, these ethics, this knowledge that we know to our clients to create certainty. How do we package this up so that clients understand that we can use AI as a functioning tool, but you can't take the human element out of strategic thinking or marketing, right? Like yeah. AI is only technically as smart as today, if you really think about it in retrospective, right? And you know, the old chat GPT is up to September of 2021, but the human ability to utilize that information and think about what's next strategic marketing for what comes next is what we came up with. And then to, to provide that to our clients and say, we understand that you need a plan. Let's utilize the data, the infrastructure, the AI, but let's build a roadmap that creates a certainty of intent so that you can have that clarity of vision. So you know where your business needs to go and let's get everything that we can to control controlled so that if there is, like you said, turn left or if the yeah. world changes, that we can be composed for that when that happens, right? And I think that that's where businesses often plummet is they don't have a plan in place and then the world goes sideways. And now not only are they trying to keep the wheels on the bus, but they're also navigating a, an economic downturn or maybe a crisis in the economic community. Uh, so Stratagem is that offering to that came out of those learnings, right? It came out of right. COVID. It came out of my history and my past. And what we love about this is it's creating this really unique relationship with our clients of trust and respect and repetition and certainty. And it's like this no risk value proposition that I think is really important. Um, and while everybody's like, oh my God, AI is going to put the industry out of business. I see right. it as polar opposite. These are resources yeah, right. to get smarter. Yeah. And so um, I love your, you know, your perspective from the military. I think that's amazing. Uh, but we're just here to get people to really forecast and think forward. And we've right. got a really pragmatic plan on how to do that. But again, that just comes from our experience of what we've been through and then how we can transfer that knowledge to our clients and our partners. That's a huge differentiator. Nah, nah, absolutely. Uh, I tell you, that's a huge, from coming from yeah. the AGC space, V, like I've been, I've been at some of the big ones. I've been at the small right. ones to creating my own. 
I love like first of all you said the strategy model that's a yeah. low it's a low risk model right but then mm-hmm. it, addition, it offers additional touch points for your clients to build right. that relationship it's like we're in it like if you mess up like if this thing goes to shit we're all in the shit we're so in how, it right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i use the phrase like we're getting lost together intentionally right. like we're spending yes. time truly like seeking first to understand versus just throwing spaghetti on the wall and i think there's a lot of agencies right now who are capitalizing on the fear and they're like yeah let's take all your money and we'll throw you a cool campaign but there's no due diligence behind it or critical thinking and that's super expensive for a client two or three years in having to completely reinvent the wheel because it didn't perform. We're investing the time up front. You know, I talked about Shane, his adage is like, you know, smooth, smooth is slow, slow is fast, right? And it's true. If you yeah. invest the time up front, you can go fast later, but you'll have all of the, you know, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted to make sure. And, and you'd be surprised how many clients come to us and they're like, this is so refreshing. I can't tell you, we feel like agencies are constantly forcing ideas and pushing us, you know, to go to market without really thinking it through. And um, with the volatility, you know, in the market, you, you cannot be making risky decisions like that right now. So uh, it's we're a, really it's excited. It's a different business model. You, 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 it really she, is. Yeah, she uses a different business model. Right. Remember, you're not to, you know, tag the company, you're thinking outside the box. Remember, mm-hmm. this world is copy paste. Success is based off of previous rinse success and at rinse right. and repeat right yeah. so when you come into the game and not only you know create a different model but show that it can be successful and then now you're, you're implementing it yeah you're going to get some kickback from the other boys that's saying now nah, we're going to do this because that's what's been working for them that's just the bottom right. line that's why they're doing it because their bottom line is their stockholders their bottom line you understand is their market mm-hmm. share value right and and things of that nature they they just want to make profit and you're not you're saying yeah we're gonna make profit but we're gonna do it in, in a way that that creates stability so it's a, a intentionality yeah, absolutely right? that's absolutely that's it. just and be no, intentional yeah. let me ask you a question because you didn't mention this um but i gotta ask you so you jumped into this space um did you ever have i never heard you say like you had a mentor did you ever have somebody that you looked up to that kind of like was yeah. where you wanted to be before you, you know, started your path that kind of helped, you know, even if it wasn't every day that kind of gave you words of wisdom or checked mm-hmm. in on you, gave you some gems to get you started. That's part one. And part two, now that you're in the space, do you now give back and mentor others mm-hmm. like young, younger women or younger men and things of that nature? Yeah. I'm curious to, to hear that. So yes, yes. And yes. Um, okay. I can't attribute my mentorship to one person. Um, yes. I joined a group called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's a global organization of entrepreneurs who, uh, once you achieve $1 million of top line revenue, you qualify. So you have to be founder, co-founder, or majority controlling shareholder at a million dollars of revenue annually top line. And I kept, you know, my friend's like, you got to join. I'm like, dude, I don't have time. He's like, that's why you got to join because they're teaching you how to work yourself out of the business. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize is the submersion of being around 165 at the time, like-minded entrepreneurs made me realize I wasn't on my own island, that I had access to people so that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel every time I ran into some kind of trial or tribulation, I could pick up the phone and call. And they may be in different industries, but the storyline is the same, right? They all had that journey to seven figures or eight figures. And they could tell me when they had a collections issue, how they managed it. Or, you know, when I was emotionally and, you know, kind of in the crux, I'd be like, this is normal. If you're feeling the turn means you're growing, right? To have that support, and right. within EO, I had I have a forum that I'm still in today, very same forum, 
of 10 people and they're like my board of advisors for lack of better words mm. all different industries so cool. and we would you know Teddy, we, we, yeah we we meet yeah. every month for six hours um and we go through you know kind of the what we call the top five bottom five the top five percent and the bottom five percent of what's happening in your business and your family and in personal because your business isn't right if your family's not right and if you're not right none of that's right right Message. Oh my goodness. That's so much. Oh my god. Gotta, right? gotta clip that. B, we gotta clip that. I'm sorry. We gotta clip that. That was big. So go ahead. Yeah. So if you don't have yeah. your, you know, tr your your have a lopsided stool if you don't yeah. have your three legs in place. And so that's what cultivated me really understanding the ethos of EO is not only are you not on your own island, but you really have to align in those priorities. And the reason why they call it the top five, bottom five is the middle 90%. That's like the barista update. That's the stuff that you tell the friend or the girl you're getting coffee with, but that's not really, if we really talk about entrepreneurialism, there are things that are keeping you up at night or opportunities that you probably don't share even with your spouse or with yeah. your business partner. Yeah. That's the top five, bottom five. And so EO, we go deep. We don't spend time on the barista stuff. We go into the what's keeping you up at night. What are things that you're trying to accomplish or opportunities? And then from that shared learning, those shared experiences, that mentorship for me is what really propelled me. And so I proudly say this is an EO led organization. And I practice a lot of the cultural elements that I've learned from other really successful businesses. And it's so funny every time I go to my forum meeting, my, my team's like, oh God, V's coming back with some new ideas. Like they just know, <laughs> they just know, right? They know, right? they get ready, they I get mean, ready, and, yeah. And, and, and they believe it because they know yeah. it works, right? And EOers, yeah. and there's another yeah. group called YPO. Uh, yeah, YPO, yeah. Yep, yeah, okay. and that's that's a more like hired guns, you know, C-suite yeah. executives. My husband's in that. I love that we have, it's the same ethos, yeah, shared right. philosophy, except YPO isn't founders, co-founders, majority controlling shareholders, right? But it's cool because they they share the same narrative, the learning, you know, the the uh, confidentiality and the top five, bottom five. So that's really amazing for me to have a personal partner that understands that sometimes I'm kind of going through some stuff yeah. and I can't probably yeah. tell him, right? And he yeah. understands and respects yeah. that. And yeah. and that sometimes yeah. I need to go to one of my forum mates instead. And so it's a beautiful thing. And I highly recommend, there's an incubator program called Accelerator. It's zero to 999,000 is the qualifications. Uh, an amazing program for up and comers like yourselves who are winging it and bootstrapping it. Um, and it's a, it's an international uh, group and I cannot testify the mentorship, learning, support, camaraderie. Um, and I've had the privilege of being the chapter president of our organization. So I traveled to Germany and Thailand and um, all these international places on behalf. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Man. That's insane. Sherry, thank you for, yeah. for pulling. Everybody's hey. on the comments. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so into the I'm into the screen and the lessons. I forgot we had comments. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting yeah, to you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting to you. But V, absolutely. I got to ask you too, because yeah. we had a lot of crazy guests. We have some amazing guests, right? We've heard yeah. the story of how Flow from Progressive was created. The yeah. Cliff oh, Hall cool. story of mm -hmm. so many. And I would love to know from you, mm -hmm. what is one piece of work that you're really proud of because you're award-winning agency and right. what is one story that you don't mind sharing with us that was like maybe very difficult was tough you oh, found gosh. out how to get it done and then you, you yeah. did it and it came out outstanding what was that story like yeah. I, I couldn't even pick just one to be honest Jared like there's imagine. so many I mean but I would say some of our favorite projects were back in the day when we didn't have a big budget right yeah. and the, but we loved the client and we loved the vision and so I think that's 
probably when some of the best work came out of this agency is when we were really nimble and, and scrappy. And we do amazing work. Um, now I think our, our most exciting campaigns are the ones that really make a massive dent in the clients, right? We represent the Fiesta Bowl, which is wow. you know one of the college yeah, bowl games. And, and, and they're more than a game, right? Their whole yeah. contribution to community, you know, they donate millions of dollars of grants every year. And the fact that we get to be a part of that contribution and success is amazing. amazing. And, amazing. and, um, and so amazing. we love shared values in our clients. So, you know, it put me on the spot there. I can't think of just one project, but different, different seasons of business ownership to remember and different wins, you know, culminated together. It's an, it's an amazing story. Uh, Maybe uh, I'll write a book one day. So uh, I, I, I'm going to add, well, first of all, I know cause we're off camera. I don't want to take too much time, but V, I just want to say, this was an amazing interview, right? Like I was Thank looking you. forward to this. I've learned so much. I know everybody, our comments are blowing up right now. So I'm they happy love to you. answer if there's any questions or <laughs> anything. There was no specific, it was just like, your okay. information is everything. Like, I love this. Like, I'm so engaged right now. It's like one of those. So if you guys have questions, V's open, please get them in. We could, we could probably a couple more minutes, but um, yep, you bet. I, I just want to say like, this was amazing V. Like I'm rooting for you now. Um, I've been to Scottsdale, I love Scottsdale. And I'm going to, you know, give you the same invite we give to everybody. If you're ever in New York, please let us know. You have a dinner on. I'll us. be there in October. Yeah, and you got. Yeah, and when you guys us. are in Arizona, you come on over. Please, you pop please in anytime. Please cash I, in on the ticket. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to Arizona. Scottsdale is beautiful. Scottsdale don't is come beautiful. right now. It's, it's kind of hot. It's, it's hot. It's that's what I said. Yeah. It's too hot out there. Oh no! You I know, I got it. that natural hair. <laughs> I love sweat, sweat, sweat my curls out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, let me ask you this question before we go to also, you know, so, sure. you know, and this is this is big in the entrepreneurial space. This is big in the personal job space. I know I, I kind of know what your answer is going to be, but I got to ask you anyway. Right. So you've had the ups, you've had the downs. Right. So you're telling me at, at no point in time. Right. At no point in time. Did you did you get to that moment where you was like, I'm done. Like I oh. tried it. So you know what times. I mean? Like, I just want to hear one time where something happened where you was like, "Turn the lights off." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Call a cab. I, you know, I'm out of here. Like, you know, I would you, be, I would right. be lying to you if it doesn't happen okay. at least once a year. At least once a year, I okay. have a moment of like, okay, okay, F all of this. <laughs> right, right. This is not right. worth it. Right. And I kind of like, you know, my really good friend Lauren. She calls it "sit in the swamp." You just sit mm. in the swamp for a minute. You yeah. like kind of live in your pity party. Yeah. And and for me, a good night's rest or, you know, a, a celebratory meal, whatever it is to get me, yeah. you know, back into my spirit. But that's the spirit of entrepreneurialism as you wake up the next morning and you're like, all right, cool. Another notch yeah. in my belt. Let's go. Because failing data, right? I talked about that at the top yeah. of, the, of the, yeah. the cast. You know, when somebody challenges me, I just want to prove that I can do it. And that's, I think, the spirit of any kind of business owner. So, but no, I mean, sometimes I'll have a moment where I'm like, just throw my computer through the glass. My window right, right, office right, is all glass. Right, you know, right, and there have been right. days where I literally just walk out and right. I get in my car and I go right. do something, you know, and I come back and I'm like, okay, like I'm ready, but I just right. need, I just, I just need in a minute. Right. Um, uh, but no, it is not unnatural to feel that way. And I right. do not want to make your audience think that it was easy because it's, yeah, it's so hard. It is no, no, so they, hard. They, they know it's hard, but you know, when, when they hear so many successful stories, right? Mm -hmm. And they hear about the motivation and the grind, I just like to have these our guests you know, be relatable to them and let them know that you are still a human being, right? Yeah. I'm not everybody, a robot, right? right? Yeah, everybody exactly. is different. And I keep stressing this. I said this to A.D. Dolph, right? Your motivation and your mental mindset is not somebody else's. 
It's not somebody else's. You might need this much energy to go and you're going for weeks. Somebody might need this much energy, right? And then you might be able to take this kind of, you know, stress and, and wipe it off. And then some people with this kind of stress, they like, yo, I, I can't do it. So it's great for them to hear yeah. you you normalize yourself and, and, and make you relatable. Like, I've had those moments, right? Because then it makes them feel like, okay, I'm not the only I one. Can right? I can push through. I can push through. right now going through it. Like, well, Absolutely. V, v did it. I'm totally. did it. I did it. You know, and every and, uh, every yeah. milestone of challenge is, yeah. like I said, it's a building block. But you kind of become anesthetized to stress, right? So, right. like, what used to rock my world, stress like stress wise, yeah. like isn't even a thing anymore, yeah. right? Um, and then you know something big happens, like a COVID or you know right. losing sixty two percent of your revenue. Right. Now that's a big thing, and if that happened again, that would probably rock me again. But those little micro moments or big moments become the fiber of strength for you right. to be able to persevere. And that's a really important thing. Again, like don't disregard the hard because right. it is it is your backbone as a business owner. It is what you fall back on to make sure that you don't fail. And, um, and it will happen. There have been so many lessons learned. Clients are hard, collecting money is hard, right? Yeah. The economy yeah. is hard. Yeah. Balancing family, making making sure that you're healthy. There's a lot to deal yeah. with. And, um, you know, people it who want to start a business, yeah, you are not on your own island, right? Just know that there's a, a community of people out there like myself. So to answer your question, yes, I do give back. You know, that's a big part of my season of life right now is mentoring, training my team, training, you know, clients who want me to mentor their new staff, um, you know, through EO, whatever it is. That's an important part is to share, but I'm still learning too. That's, yeah. I think, a humility moment is I don't know everything. Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to put it on air. I would love yeah. to learn from you, V, and continue to learn from you. So Absolutely. I'm going to give you my contact, please. Yes, I please. You to come back to October. If there's any way we could help you. Um, we've got a lot of relationships. Like, if anything we could do, like, I would love yeah. to just, just talk to you and just continue to pick your brain. But um, for anybody listening, this yeah. this was full of gems. Like, this was one of them yeah. episodes, y'all. Yeah. You can see I'm smiling. I've been smiling the whole damn yeah. episode. And I was also because of the drink. She's 20 too, years <laughs> in now, right? You, 20 years in. 20 no, years in, V? Yeah. O yes. almost, almost two decades. Yeah. So are, are you sentimental? At, 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 like, the reason I ask, because... You know, you started with the couch story. Did you bring anything from that apartment with you along your journey? Like frame it or something to say, like, you know, just to look back and say, yo, I started here. Yeah. Are you so I'm, I like have, I, I'm facing my computer, but above me in my office right here is a credenza. Right. And I have little, little moments from my journey uh, of things that yes. have gifted me. But one of them that I have right. is our very first like door sign from our first right. little 800 square foot office. It sits above my desk. It's the old logo. It's about this yeah. big, right. right? And it was right. the, is the door identifier. And that's just a little bit of a moment to remind yeah. me of humble humbles things, you. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, I like right. that. I like that. Yeah. Love it, love it, yeah. So, so, so tell the people where they can find wait, you. I was gonna say, oh, okay, my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super easy, all yeah. social handles at thejamesagency.com. Hit us yeah. up, we're always on there. We're highly engaged if you wanna, you know, and then, uh, through there, my team will give emails, contacts, whoever you want to talk to. And uh, I know you guys have my information too, but yeah. at the James Agency on all platforms. And uh, we'd love to hear from everybody. And uh, do you guys do internships? Just curious. We do. There's a lot, yeah, there's we a sure lot of do. up and coming people that yeah. ask me all the time about, hey, do your guests actually do internships and stuff like that? We do. Okay. We call it apprenticeships, actually, okay. because yeah. we believe right. appre apprenticeships should be real life work, right? So right. it is paid. 
Uh, and it's an important, it's an important part of our ecosystem to mentor those people. But we also want those guys to have real life experiences. So you're not getting coffee or pushing yeah. paper. You're learning directly from clients. You're look, learning from directly from the team. And then you're part of our culture. So we do a ton of cultural programming. You know, the team builds the quarterlies. We include our apprentices. Uh, we had a gal come with us yesterday. We let her present to the client directly. Uh, and it was a it was an amazing experience for the client changer. to say, game keep changer. this girl. She's awesome. And that yeah. was probably a big moment for our yeah. apprentice to feel like, wow, like I got to present and I was heard and I got the kudos that I felt that she deserved. So uh, we love interns, yeah. but uh, we, we treat them like one of our own. Message. That and love that. That's there a message. Go. That's a message. I, I love that. Yeah. Shout out, shout out yeah. to your entire team. Yeah. Shout out to you, V. Shout out to Molly. Thank you for reaching out, Molly. Thank you for connecting this. Thank you for setting. Thank this you, up. Molly. It not happen. Like I really, really appreciate you. For everybody on the check-in, thank you for all the comments. Thank you for the continued yeah. love. We've been growing and glowing every week because of you guys, and it means a lot to us. We're we're, we're winging it like we're we're winging it. But this, it's, a, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, and and there's moments like this that make That's it make it everything. So we're going to yeah. see you guys next week. We got one more episode left for season yeah. three. We got Brett Hyman, the real Project X story. He created events for high school and turned it into a $100 million business. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait to learn. But V, you are amazing. We I'm appreciate a big you. fan. And we can't Thank wait to, to, to see more me. of you. Thank you for I appreciate you guys and your until energy. Part, until part two. Yeah, you, right. Oh, you know, whenever Listen, you want. I you know, do that all the time. Listen, I'll come we, back. We gotta have a part two. Please. Yeah, we yeah. gotta have a part two. And then when you guys are yeah. on your mountaintop, I can't yeah. wait to celebrate you guys, right? Uh, so uh um, really means a lot. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, all thank right. you for your time. I really value uh and, and appreciate you including me in your journey and I uh, can't wait to see where you guys are going. Absolutely. We're gonna be okay. we're locked in now, V, but we're, we're gonna see you guys see you next week, y'all. Heard it all.